anywhere because it's all good, right? But uh, if you want to follow along, go to John this morning. Glad to have you with us. Good singing this morning. And uh, it's just good to get to church and kind of get recalibrated as to what matters in life. Amen. Uh, A gospel of John this morning and be going verse by verse as we have been. And we're going to continue in that. Um, One thing I I do want to mention is just uh, the need for flexibility. And I want to thank the church so far for just being real gracious about our building situation and uh, not having the kids in Sunday school like normal. Um, And, uh, you know, maybe the Lord just wants our Sunday school teachers to have a break and uh, enjoy their summer a little bit. And uh, uh, but, uh, you know, we're we're just doing the best we can with what we got. We may, uh, you know, at some point when the weather is nice, maybe we'll do a Sunday school class outside for the kids. But uh, for today, kids, don't forget to meet out on the front lawn. The kids know where that is. Uh, They'll get some cookies out there, say their memory verses to their teachers, and uh, uh, be ready for next week's memory verse as well. want to make sure that the kids at least stay kind of in a rhythm of memory verses, if nothing else, Uh, just because the Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? That's what David says to God. And so we want our kids to have that. Um, But uh, in the meantime, they're going to learn some deep truths from the Gospel of John, all right? John chapter 1, let's start reading in verse number 9. Uh, actually, go back. Go back to verse 8. He was not that light. When it says he, uh, this is uh, talking about John the Baptist. You learn that from verse number 6. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light. Now he's describing Jesus Christ. So he says John wasn't that light, but he was rather sent uh, to bear witness of that light. And that true light is Jesus Christ, which lighteth every man that cometh in the world. He was in the world, talking about Jesus Christ, and the world was made by him, all right? And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, aren't you thankful for this verse in your Bible? Uh, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born... Not of, the, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask your blessing on this hour as we uh, delve into the scriptures. And God, pray that the Holy Spirit of God would lead and guide us in all truth. Lord, I pray if there's any distraction, Lord, mentally, emotionally, uh, Lord, even maybe externally, Lord, help us to keep our focus on your words. And God, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to every heart that's here Lord, uh, if there's someone that lacks peace, if there's someone that lacks direction, Lord, if today there's someone that lacks salvation, I pray they'd be saved. And God, we just ask for your blessing on this hour. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, let me just say this much. Uh, Just because something is light doesn't mean it's the true light. And I want you to notice in verse number nine that it says uh, that was the, look at the description there, true light. Now, by, by by virtue of gr- just reading it and, and grammatically speaking, when it says that there is a true light, what that means is this. There can also be a false light. All right. And let's let's just admit it's nice to have electricity. It's nice to have lights on in here. Uh, but let me just say this much uh, uh, for those that, that get cooped up or maybe you're not feeling too good, you know what's good for you? Go outside and get some fresh air. Go outside and get some vitamin D because you don't get vitamin D from that. All right. This is man's way of compensating for the lack of light inside of a building. And do not misunderstand me. We're not Amish. We're not going to turn the lights off and go, you know, we're going to trust God to bring the light in. We, we understand there's a reason we use this stuff. 
But you also have to understand this is not the same as the real light. All right, And this cannot do for you the same thing that sunlight does for you. That's why when kids are doing this all day long inside cooped up in a basement, they start losing their, their sense of common sense because they need to get outside, especially boys, get some dirt under your fingernails, you know, and get dirty and sweaty. They'll come and go, Dad, it's hot. I said, thank you for letting me know. Just, I want them to just experience the outdoors. It's good for you, right? And that sunlight is good for you. What I'm trying to get at is this. The, the light you get from the Lord Jesus Christ is not the same kind of light that the world presents to you, all right? And, and listen, the world has their idea of enlightenment, all right? And if you study Eastern religions, you, you, you can learn about enlightenment. But what's interesting about it is there is no definitive state of enlightenment. You're kind of always chasing this thing, and it's hard to describe. Let me just say this much. My light is not a feeling. My light is not obscure. My light is not vague. It's a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. All right? He is, Jesus says over and over in the Gospel of John, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know what else he says? I am the light of the world, all right? And if any man walk in me, he shall not abide in darkness. You know what that means? That means outside of Jesus Christ, uh, you're in darkness. Uh, You cannot be in light without Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have some light. There's enough light in everybody to show them there's something wrong with all of us. That much you have, we're going to look at that in a moment. Uh, but, But to walk in the true light, you must be in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Which means, first off, you got to be saved, number one. And number two, you got to walk in the light of his word. How did Jesus Christ, let me ask you this much, how is God going to communicate with you? Some would say, my feelings. Well, your feelings change. Your feelings are subjective, depending on the circumstances, depending on your emotional or mental state. Your feelings cannot dictate what is truth. Once your feelings dictate what is truth in your life, what is, quote unquote, air quotes, your truth, you're in trouble. Because you're, you're moving and making decisions based on how you feel rather than basing it on what God actually said. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ reveals himself and God comes in, in the flesh, God manifests in the flesh, the title that is given to him, look back earlier in your chapter, look at verse number one. In the beginning was the what? Word. And we exhaustively talked about that and talked about how that was a title given that refers to Jesus Christ's deity, God uh, in the flesh. He's not called the Son there, but rather the Word. When God decides to show up as a person, the title he takes on is the Word. Why? Because God wants to communicate with you so that you don't stay in darkness. But guess what? God's not going to force you to, to come into the light. God is going to shine the light in your life. And he's going to go, do you want to step in it or not? Okay, then once you step in that light, he goes, okay, I'll keep moving it forward. And people, Christians all the time wrestle with what is the will of God for my life? What what does God expect of me? Who am I? They're, They're wrestling with identity. All of that goes back to truth. If there is no absolute truth, guess it, I said I, whatever will be, will be. And forget it, there's no way any of us can know what is right. But if there is absolute truth, I think you got it right there. And if there's absolute truth, then it's your job and your responsibility to walk in light of that light. And if you don't, that's on you. Uh, I want you to understand that there are different forms and different manifestations of, of, of truth in the world that are not actual truths, all right? This idea that we can create our own existence, that we can create our own reality. You guys realize uh, we're getting into some weird times right now 
where basically, I mean, you got one of the most, uh, one of the richest men on the earth who thinks that we, maybe we're in a computer simulation. Elon Musk. And I mean, the guy's smart and he's been successful and all that kind of stuff. But why not? I mean, why not? If there is no truth, sure, we're all just video game avatars and someone's pulling the strings and we're just going through the motions. I mean, you may think that sounds crazy, but if there is no truth, why not say we're all aliens and maybe the, the real humans are the ones out flying out there? I mean, I mean, why not, right? If there is no truth, if there is no truth, anything goes. Now, now listen, you need to understand this. The devil wants to confuse you. God is not the author of confusion. All right, so when you start blending light with darkness, you know what happens? Uh, you start getting into some confusing space. And so, listen, let me, a little warning for the believer. Once you know what is right and once you know what is truth, don't try to mix that with darkness. You will come out of that confused. It will not, listen to me very carefully, it will not be to God's detriment. It's not like God becomes less God or God becomes less true because we make a mess of things. It'll be to our own detriment and our own confusion. All right, uh, look if you would at, uh, oh, John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. And do you remember what it says over there in Corinthians about uh, the fact that the devil himself transforms, he transforms himself into an angel of what? Light. All right, now we talked about this before, but I'll mention it again just to make sure we're clear on on some historical truth from the Bible, uh, when, when Satan's uh, title in eternity passed, all right, it was Lucifer, all right? And those of you that speak Spanish know where I'm going with this, Luz, all right, equals light. He was the light bearer. By the way, another fun fact for you, uh, he had musical instruments built into his... Now look, if you don't believe the Bible, then I'm a, I'm a crazy quack that doesn't always talk about it. But if you've read that book, you know what I'm saying is true. Over in Ezekiel 28, it talks about the fact that he had musical instruments built into him. And the Bible says he's an anointed cherub that covereth. Covereth what? Well, there's four beasts that surround the throne. There was one beast that covered the throne of God. And he got a little cocky, got a little proud and said, I want to be like God. You know what? I think I could do a better job than God. Now, some of you go, I cannot believe anyone would ever say that. The reality is we always say that to ourselves. When things don't go the way that we want them to, why would God let this happen? Right? Anybody ever had a flat tire? And, and then once you have the flat tire, you, you, you figure you're like halfway through the Great Tribulation and something must be wrong, you know, and your life's a mess and every, God's deserted you and whatever else, you know. And, and really what it is is the Lord's trying to do some things in your life, but, but what you do is you respond to that and you respond emotionally, not in truth. And your emotional response, if you're not careful, puts you in a position where you go, I could do this job better than God. And there's Satan, the light bearer. He had the truth, but he didn't hold it in righteousness. We're going to look at something in Romans in just a moment. But look at John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. Look if you would at verse number uh, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You, know, you, you, you recognize that for you to, to live and have a healthy life, you do need to be exposed to, to sunlight. You should be outside. You shouldn't be indoors all the time. Now, now I know it's a physical application, but the, the reason I'm saying that is because Jesus is taking something physical and applying it spiritually. He's saying, look, you'll have everything you need if you walk in me. So here's the question. If you're a born-again child of God, 
and you're walking in darkness, according to this, whose fault is it? It's not the Lord's fault, I'll tell you that much. Uh, look at 1 John real quick, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. The devil wants to confuse you, that's his job. And in order for you to avoid that confusion, right, you need to, you need to know. And when you find yourself confused, step back and go, why am I confused? Lord, this isn't you working in my life, right? Uh, 1 John chapter 1, look if you would at verse uh, number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, it's not him that's lying, we lie. Now notice what it finishes with. It doesn't finish with, and we believe not the truth. That's not what it says. It doesn't say, and we speak not the truth. It says, we do not the truth. Now, here's what I've learned about the Lord. What I've learned about the Lord in my, in my own personal life and just reading the scriptures is this. He gives you light, and if you respond to it the way that you should, he'll give you more. And if you're willing to do the truth that he exposes you to and respond. I'll give you an example. If someone isn't saved and the Holy Spirit of God convicts them about salvation, they are never going to from there, if they don't get saved, they're never going to, quote unquote, be convicted about living a sanctified life. Why? Because they didn't respond to the first truth God gave them. If you're a child of God and God continues to give you light and you go, okay, I recognize that, but I know what the Bible says, but modern and pop culture doesn't really like that anymore. I know what the Bible says, but education says this. I know what the Bible says, but philosophy says this. You know what you're doing? You're basically saying, you know what, God? I can do this job better than you. And eventually what happens is you get out of fellowship. You don't lose your salvation. Thank God for that. But you get out of fellowship with the Lord and you lie to yourself and then your reality changes. And before you realize it, you're starting to look like you're starting to look at God as someone that's foreign when he is your father. Every believer that's gotten out of church at some point or gotten out of their Bible, gotten out of fellowship with the Lord and out of fellowship with God's people, that is the same path that they have followed. Maybe a different circumstance, maybe a different name in a different church and whatever. But basically, that's what it boils down to. I had light given to me and I didn't respond to it the right way. Look at verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. It almost seems to imply that sin has a correlation with darkness. Wouldn't you kind of get that out of that? Because, listen, once you confess things and get them out in the open and you expose them, listen to me, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh him shall find mercy. So you know what the Lord says? Listen, you, I, uh, young men, uh, we have had a number of young people get saved recent, recently, and I told them all the same thing. This book will keep you from your sin. Or your sin will keep you from this book. And, and what happens is you start in your own mind thinking and justifying and, and creating ways of going, it's not really that big of a deal. Everybody else does it. They do it and they're a Christian, so on and so forth. And before you know it, you're in confusion. And you're starting to look at what the Bible says, and you go, yeah, I don't know, maybe... And then you start questioning. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Brother, can I ask a favor? Can you skip all the way to slide 12 for me? Thank you, sir. Genesis chapter number 3. And I want you to notice the devil's job in your life is to get you to question what God said. That's his job. He wants you to question, did the Bible, does the Bible really say that? Does God really mean that? Is it that big of a deal? Does it matter if I... You know where that comes from. That, that's not from the Lord. 
That's a seed of confusion so that you can take the place of God. Now, I know we don't see it that way, but but look at Genesis 3. I want want you to see this. Genesis 3 and look at verse 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said? Did God really say this? Ye shall not eat of every tree uh, of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, Whoa, whoa, whoa. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. We, God didn't say we can't do anything. God gave us a lot of liberty. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it. And then she adds this to it, and this isn't true. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Can I just say this much? The most dangerous lie you can tell yourself is one that's mixed with truth. And do you realize what, what's happening in Genesis chapter 3? The devil tells her something that is partially true. Question, did they physically die the moment they ate the fruit? No. Did they spiritually die? Yes. Romans chapter 7 alludes to that. All right. They, they died spiritually. That's why you're born, you need to be born again. That's why Ephesians 2 says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So here's what happens. She's looking at this through the prism of physical life. And the devil appeals to her through that prism. Do you know what your problem is as a believer today? You tend to look at life as through the physical. So you know how he's going to appeal to you? Through the physical. He's going to get you to see, well, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe not now. But what about spiritually? What does it mean long term? Uh, I don't think if God were to give Adam and Eve a moment and to show them like a video, like a five-minute clip of like all the horrendous things that man has done to man throughout history... And God says, are you sure you want to eat this thing? Maybe they don't do it. You go, why didn't God do that? His word is supposed to be enough. If he had to do that for Adam and Eve, he had to show up every time and show a new video every time there's a new generation. Do you understand that? That's why you're supposed to walk by faith and say, here's what God said. Therefore, I believe it. Therefore, I will do it. Now, Now, I want you to notice what happens in this conversation. Once you engage with the devil in your mind and you go, oh, I don't talk to the devil. Any kind of truth or any kind of attack on truth, you understand, is not from God. I know I mentioned this before, but I feel the need to say it again. When the Lord deals with Peter and he says, get thee behind me. All right. He's talking to Peter, but he's addressing Satan in Peter. Is that fair? All right. Why is he doing that? What what great, horrendous, vicious uh, uh, crime or sin did Peter commit? Here's what Peter did. Peter said, no, Lord, I'm not going to let it happen because I'm going to stand by you. Man, if I'm the Lord, I'm like, man, thanks, Pete. I appreciate that. Thanks for being the only one that's going to stand up with me and, and, and take the beating and so on and so forth. But you know what the Lord does? He doesn't applaud him. He goes, there's something in you, and you don't even recognize what it is, and you're going against my words. And when you go against my words, it is satanic in and of itself, and it clouds your judgment, it clouds your thinking, and it brings you to a state of confusion. That's why when Peter gets to a place where he can boldly take his stand, he runs off because he's confused in his mind. Why? Because he didn't accept what God said. And he started justifying the reason why his way would be better. Does that sound familiar to anybody else in this room besides me? Anybody else ever been there? Uh, Look at Genesis 3, look if you would at verse Uh, Number five, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then ye shall be as what? Gods. Your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods. You know know what that tells me? There's, There's an appeal to us to say, I can do this better. And the Lord says, no, you can't. Now, I heard this years ago. Go back with me to the gospel. Go to Romans chapter one, actually. Go to Romans one. 
Uh, I heard this years ago, and I, I believe it's true. I don't know if it was Dr. Bob Jones Sr. that said this, uh, but some old-time preacher said, light rejected becomes lightning. Light rejected becomes lightning. You know what that means? When God gives you light, the worst thing you do is reject it. Because that thing will come back to zap you if you're not careful. All right, look at Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. Now you go, preacher, this kind of sounds negative. No, it's not as long as you stay in the light. You, you do, it's amazing how we tell our kids, do this, do this, and you've got to do it this way. And then when the Lord starts doing that with us, we're like, I don't see the big deal. Do you, do you let your kids talk to you that way? Then why do you do that in your mind? I'll tell you why you do it, because we're all human beings, and we all want what we want. And if we can find a way to justify it, we can kind of bend the truth a little bit. It becomes easier to do that. Uh, look at Romans chapter number 1. And uh, look, if you would, at, oh, let's see here. Verse number, trying to find the word, a verse here. I just lost it. There it is, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the what? Truth, but how do they hold it? In what? It, listen, God gives enough light to everybody for them to know that there's something that there's w- that from within them that is not right. God gives us that much. And, and uh, we don't have time to revisit all the verses, but let me just say this much. Uh, Jesus Christ is the light that lighteth every man that cometh in the world. And we just read that over there uh, in John chapter 1. What exactly does that mean? Well, let me say this. From the Old Testament, if you're to study... Uh, which we did before, uh, the book of Romans, what you find out is that the oracles of God. You say, what is an oracle? Well, think about the word oral, out of your mouth. An oracle is something that is revealed and something that is spoken on the behalf of God in the context of the Bible. All right, so the oracles of God are given to the Jews. Every book in your Bible is written by a Jew. All right, and and so God gave them the commandments. But in Romans chapter 2, the the chapter prior to that, what God lets you know is, look, I didn't leave the Gentiles without an excuse. They have something from within them. It's called their conscience. And you know what you can do if you're not careful? Look at 1 Timothy. Go to 1 Timothy real quickly with me. 1 Timothy chapter 4. You can have truth sitting in your lap, and it will do nothing for you in your life at all if you're not careful. You say, how do I do that, preacher? Well, look, if you would, at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and look at verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You know where you're at? You're in the latter days. See what the Lord warns you about? This is what's coming. He says, watch out for this. Uh, and let me, let me just say this much. Uh, Christian, God, uh, the devil is desperately wanting to get you out of church and desperately want to get you out of your Bible. Because you have to realize, with all the stuff that's out there and the social media and the constant barrage of news and everything else, your mind is infiltrated already. Your mind is under constant attack and under barrage at all times with things that are not true and things that are not biblical. And so the the few times of your day or of your week where you are taking in the Word of God, the devil wants to rip that out of your hands. You know why? Because if he can do that, he can program you just like everybody else. All right? Uh, By the way, be careful with your devices because you think you're programming the device, and more than likely the device is programming you. All right? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Now watch this. Talking about the latter times. 
And, and, and I want you to, to, to realize, it says, some shall depart from the faith. This is not about lost people. This is about saved people and about how they handle truth in the latter days. Let me just say this right now. Truth is not yours to shape, and it's not mine to shape. Truth has already been put in the right mold. His name is Jesus Christ. And it's my job to align my life with him, not the other way around. Now, when you don't do that, look what happens in verse 2. You can sear your conscience with a hot iron. Let, let me just suggest something that maybe may throw some of you for a loop. How many of you guys are saved this morning? You know you're born-again children of God, okay? Can I just tell you right now something you need to know? You can do anything a lost person can do. You can go just as far into any sin as that. Oh, no, 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 I won't do that. The Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And the Bible says in Galatians 5, which we're studying ad nauseum on Wednesday nights and, and Wednesday, midweek Bible study, it talks about the works of the flesh. If you could not commit those things, he would have been wasting his time talking to you about those. And, and the truth is this, your conscience is a gift from God. Even before you were saved, God put a conscience inside of you so that you would know. That's all right. That's all right. I'm picking on my dad. Uh, what? Dad, we're glad to have you. Good morning. There he is. All right. Uh, but uh, God gave you a conscience, and he put that conscience inside of you. All right. And he put that. Now, listen, you may be laughing. going, I'm glad my phone didn't go off. You better make sure yours is silenced, too. <laughs> That's why I always do it, because I know, man, my phone. Buzz, 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 right. Your, your conscience is a gift from God, though. And even before you're saved, you have enough light to say there's someone out there. There's a creator. And then furthermore, there's something wrong with me. I don't know how to describe it, but I, I feel guilty. I've looked at things. I've said things. I've thought things. I've hurt people. And, and there's something wrong with me, but I don't know how to make it right. So, so your conscience can't by itself give you salvation. You need the word of God to do that. All right. That's why the Bible says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans chapter 10. And how shall they uh, preach except they be sent? Romans 10. However, your conscience is a gift from God. The most dangerous thing you could do with your conscience is go, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know what the Bible says, but yeah, I know how I feel about it. I know it's not right, but and you start doing that enough times. Eventually, you start going, it's not a big deal. Eventually, you start going, I see nothing wrong with it. Eventually, you start saying, I dare you to tell me it's wrong. Do you know where our society's at right now? Right there. And let me just say this right now. Lest your mind start going, yeah, you tell those people, you know, the people that are, are, are wishing that, you know, we could keep Roe versus Wade and all that kind of, Before you start going and all that kind of stuff, look internally. Forget the world for a moment and realize that the Bible says we're the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the light of the, of the world following Jesus Christ. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We're supposed to shed that light as well. Do you know what happens when Christians start living a life that basically says, I don't see a big deal. I don't see what the problem is. What's the big deal? Uh, 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 preacher, you're just too far this way. Why don't you loosen up a little bit? Why is the Bible so strict? Let me just say this right now. When you tell your kids not to cross the street without looking both ways, are you trying to ruin their life? Are you trying to keep them from being roadkill? The Lord does not want you to be spiritual roadkill, okay? He wants you to live a fulfilled and abundant life, walking in the light with Jesus Christ. But you have a responsibility. Once you receive that truth, you are accountable to that truth, and it's your job to submit to that. 
Because if you don't and you don't do the truth, soon enough you'll be confused and you'll be walking in darkness. Let me say this much. I went to Bible school with people that were, uh, we're getting Bible Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night for four hours, Tuesday night for four hours, Wednesday night for three hours, Thursday night for several hours. And I knew some people that came out confused. You said it's the Bible school's fault. No. I think it goes back to the fact that if you don't do right with the truth that God gives you, you can come out confused either way. And it's your job to respond to truth the right way. Now, when Jesus was on this earth, go back to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, he told them that, that while he is here, he is the light. Now, what do you mean by that? Uh, John chapter 12, he's the true light that lighteth every man. He gives them a conscience. He points them to the creator. And if that person follows their conscience, they can get their hands on the commandments, the word of God as well. Uh, Look at John chapter 12 and verse 35. John chapter 12, verse 35. Then Jesus said to them, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Have you ever walked in your house when it's pitch black and the lights are out and you stub your toe or you trip over something or trip over an animal or trip over another extra kid that you didn't even know was there or something else, right? Because you don't have the lights on. Listen, you've got to have the lights on in order to see where you're going. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Remember the old Motel 6 commercials? We'll leave the light on for you. Uh, do you know what our slogan, our, our theme for the summer is? Lighting up our, our city, lighting up Aurora. You know why? We're supposed to take the light from this, the light that God has placed inside of us, and we're supposed to shine it out there. Do you know why some Christians don't shine it that much? Because they start telling themselves that the light they've been given, maybe it's not light. Maybe it's not a big deal if I don't do this. Maybe I can do this halfway. And before you know it, you're confused and you're not shining out there. A preacher can get up and tell you, you need to be a witness for Jesus Christ. But if you're not in your Bible and you're not talking to God on a regular basis and you're not in fellowship with Jesus Christ and you're not denying your flesh and you're not submitting the truth, you're not going to want to be a light for Jesus Christ out there because you're torn inside. Why would you go out there and, and withstand the ridicule and the scorn and whatever else when you're already torn on the inside? That's what happens with a lot of believers. And by the way, that's why the world is so dark right now. It's not this. People, uh, the reason everything's messed up is they took prayer out of schools. Well, Christian, can I ask you a question? Did they take prayer out of your life? Did they take the Bible away from you? Well, no, but they took prayer out of schools. I'm not saying that was a good thing. Don't misunderstand me. But that's not why the world's messed up. The world's messed up because Christians don't want to shine like they ought to. And the reason they don't want to shine out there is because there's stuff going on in here that they're not addressing. And if you don't deal with the issues of your life with truth, you're going to be confused. And you'll never live up to what God wants for you. Look at John 12, verse 35. Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk where you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Now, now let me just say this much. Over there in Matthew, we don't have to go there right now. He says, ye are the light of the world. You are. Uh, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The Bible says you're children of the, of the day. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know what that means? That means when Jesus Christ left this earth, he put the Holy Spirit of God inside of you so that you could carry the light with you wherever you go. 
And it's up to you to hold that truth in righteousness, meaning you apply it to your life and you do what he says. Because if you don't do that, you yourself will walk away confused, foggy minded, not sure which way to go. And God is not behind that. And if you get to that place in your life, you'll be rendered ineffective for Jesus Christ out there. Look, the, the devil knows, he, you know, he's not going to show up to you and, you know, a, a pitchfork and horns and all that and say, worship me. You know, you, he knows that's not how it's going to work for you. He knows all it has to do is go, husbands, do you really have to love her the way she's treating you, the lack of respect? You have to love her like Christ loved the church? I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know what the Bible says, but is she honoring you like the church should honor Christ? And you start going in your mind, gentlemen. And you start going, well... That's right, she should, she should honor me and she should follow me and she's not, so I don't know. Maybe I don't need to love her. And you wives, the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. And you go, yeah, Lord, do you know who I'm married to? And, and Lord, do you, Lord, I know you didn't make him this way. Someone else messed him up, but he's a mess. So Lord, I, don't, Lord, I know what your book says, but I, I'll do it in my time when I'm ready to. And you start telling yourselves these things. This is just a small example but I think it's closer to home than most of us want to realize. Just a small illustration. And then before you know it, you're out in left field. How'd you get there? Little by little saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And the Lord's saying, hey, look, um, look, I'll tell you this. Our young people have pressure on them like they've never had before. I mean, hey, the pressure is on. And if you give just a little bit of an inch to the, to the devil in your mind, you will find yourself, listen, there's coming a point where you will not have your parents bringing you to church. You're going to have to come on your own. And you will never do that if you don't stay in that book and walk in the light God's given you. Now, I don't mean embarrass him, but I look at people like Joe. Joe's an exception. A lot of young people, when they get out of church, especially preachers, kids, you don't know how hard it was. My dad took me to church every Sunday. It gets worse than that. I had to go on Wednesday and I had to go for DBC and I had to go for vacation Bible school, right? And, and you know what you have to do? You have to make a choice to walk in the light because if you don't do that on your own, when you get to a place where you're making your own decisions, man, you're going to be out in left field. The, the, the Lord doesn't want that for your life. He wants you to be walking in the light. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 5. Look, if you would, at verse number 5. Now, the verse is prior. He's talking about the great tribulation and how God's going to take us out of here before then. But look at verse 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Now, let me just say this much. Anyone that studies criminology understands that crime goes up exponentially at night. Your dad was in the police force. Your husband's in the police force. You you talk to any policeman, you're going to find out it gets worse at night. Why? Because there's something inside the human heart that says, I can get away with this. But the eyes of the Lord in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And, and man thinks he can get away with things. And listen, maybe you don't go out and commit crimes at night. I'm not saying that's you. But the reality is that's an illustration of something that's much deeper within all of us, which is this. Once you get away from the light, you get to feeling like whatever you're doing is right, even when it's not. And it's your job as a Christian to stay in the light. Uh, look, if you would, at Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. And I'll be honest with you, I, we just had another one of our kids graduate high school, so this is fresh on my mind. 
Uh, we got young people that are growing up, and, and they're making a lot of decisions in the next couple years. They say from ages 18 to 25, the decisions that are made in those years, think back for those of you that are far removed from that age bracket, all right? Think back at when you were from 18 to 25, all right? Uh, by the way, yesterday, uh, me and Miss Virginia discovered that it's not senior citizens, it's the more experienced, right? And so the more experienced, there you go, there's a lot of wisdom there, right? Uh, but think back to when you're in that bracket of 18 to 25 and the decisions you made then. Did they not have a significant impact on your life for the rest of your life? I got married at 19. I, I'm glad I did. I'm glad the person that I married, I'm, I'm thankful for all that. But I can tell you what, that decision affected my life very significantly. I went to Bible school when I was 17. The choices and the friendships I made in that time in my life, that affected my life significantly. All right, so th- what I'm getting at is this, young people, listen very carefully. You're going to come to a place in your life where mom and dad aren't there to say, here's the flashlight. You're going to have to pull the flashlight out on your own and go, Lord, what do you want? And Lord, how do I do this? Look at Ephesians 5, because if you don't, you'll walk in darkness just like everybody else. Ephesians 5, look at verse number, uh, uh, verse 10. Proving what is acceptable in the Lord. Anybody ever, you ever heard someone say, I don't need to prove anything to anybody? Well, that's a, that's a half-truth. Maybe not to everybody, but you do need to prove it to God. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship, listen to this, have no fellowship with, it didn't say you can't minister to them. It didn't say you can't reach out to them. But you're not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of what? But rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the what? That's what you need to see what's right and what's wrong. You can't figure it out on your own. Uh, listen, uh, they talk about uh, pilots uh, getting up in, in, the, you know, in certain uh, categories of, I forget what you call it, different levels and different G-forces and all that. I forget all the technical terms for this. Now, but having to learn to follow their instruments. Because they get to a place where they can experience vertigo. And I know, Miss Cindy, you experienced some of that before. Not fun. And you get up in a plane. Listen, it's not fun when you're on the ground, but it's life-threatening when you're flying a plane. All right? And you get up there, and things are spinning, and you can't tell which way is up and which way is down. You have to, at that point, go back to your training. If you're not properly trained and you can't read the instrumentation, you're in trouble. Because now you're just following your senses and you can't tell which way is up and which way is down. That's how life is sometimes. And if you don't follow the instrumentation in your life, you're going to find yourself, man, in a world of hurt. You're going to crash that plane. You're going to wreck. And the Bible Bible talks about being shipwrecked. That is not what God wants for your life. Now, Christian, listen to me very carefully. The Lord wants you to be in a place where you don't uh, walk in darkness, where you don't uh, 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 blend with it, that you don't uh, embrace the unfruitful works of darkness, that you don't fellowship with it, but rather reprove them. You can't do that. That's a Bible command. You can't do that unless you know what the light is yourself. Now, the FBI, when they're talking about uh, the, the anti, uh, the, the uh, counter counterfeit uh, division of the FBI, when they're, when they're trying to trace fake bills and all that, you realize what they don't do? They don't sit them down and go, here's a fake bill, and here's a fake bill, and here's a fake bill, and here. They give them the real thing and go, look at the real thing. Is this one real? Yes. Is this one real? No. Why? There's an extra serial number. How'd you know that? I, I looked at the real one. That's what you need in your life as a believer. Now, look, I don't, this is not a guilt trip or anything, but how, how many of you, don't raise your hands, 
But how many of you are staying daily in your Bibles? Daily in fellowship with the Lord. Because I can tell you this right now, if the, if the world and your flesh and the devil can get you out of that, you will find yourself all kinds of confused. And that is not God's design for your life, all right? Let, let me say this, there are some real blessings to having light in your life, all right? Um, look, if you would, at John chapter 3, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and notice what it says here about darkness, and I think there's a, maybe a little bit of a commentary here on the human heart without God. John chapter 3, uh, look if you would, I, I was, uh, every once in a while I'll poke into some things just to kind of figure out well, what is the world looking into when they're trying to figure out how to respond to the evil around us, and so there's a documentary where Morgan Freeman, the great theologian, I'm just kidding, he's not a theologian, uh, <laughs> goes around the world trying to figure out where did evil come from. And he goes, well, this culture says it came from here, and this culture says it came from here. And at the end of it, I mean, yeah, you just kind of like, okay, what do you think? And uh, let me just say this much. It's real simple. Uh, evil comes from the human heart. And Jesus Christ addresses that. He says all of these uh, things come out. They proceed out of the heart. It is a heart that is not submitted to God. That's all that it is. It's really simple. Uh, look at John chapter 3. And look, if you would, at verse number uh, 19. Do you know what happens when you get in light? Your sin is exposed. All right? And let me just say that there's, there's a, uh, I got a lot of females in my house, so bear with me on the illustration, all right? I'm not one of them. Can I get a witness? All right? But, but I understand some things about them. Every once in a while, I get some things. And, and here's what I know. There are, there are these mirrors you can get. Where it just like magnifies, like it's like down to the micron level and you see your pores, right? And, and then you've got the light around that mirror. Come on, ladies, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You put that thing on, the light comes on, you look in the mirror, and you're like, ooh, that's not good. Ooh, we've got to get rid of that. And, oh, my goodness. I didn't, why didn't you tell me that was there? I didn't know I was supposed to tell you that you had a microscopic thing wrong with your face. I apologize. It will never happen again, right? And you see that in the light, you see stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Now, now listen, here's the deal. Church is meant to be that way once or twice a week for you. But it's not enough. L listen, if you didn't know what you looked like the rest of the week, we'd all be in a world of hurt, amen? <laughs> it's good for you to have a mirror. You need that in your own life. Because if you don't, you will walk in darkness. In the exact place that God took you from, listen to me, Colossians says... God translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. The contrast is meant to imply you went from darkness to light. So why would you go back? The reason we find ourselves back in darkness is because we take the truth in and go, yeah, maybe, yeah, but, or I'll do that, but I'll do that later. And eventually later never comes and you hold the truth in unrighteousness. Look at John 3, verse 19. John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, talking about Jesus Christ himself and truth, and men loved darkness rather than light. Why? They weren't educated. Is that what it says there? <laughs> no, man. You could, you could be, have all the levels of education in the world and still have this problem. Uh, look, I, I know some, some Christians in the jungle of Papua New Guinea that I think have more wisdom than professors in, in Ivy League schools in America today. 
And the reason for that is they've got the Bible and they understand what's right and wrong. When you come to a generation where I literally recently asked somebody, I said, Hitler, what he did, was it right, was it true, was it right or wrong? Well, he thought it was right. I said, it's not what I asked you. Is it right or is it wrong? Well, I mean, in his own mind, it was his truth. I, not what I asked you. Why can't you answer that? Guys, it's not simple. You throw six million people in an oven, it's wrong. It shouldn't be that hard. You've raised a generation that doesn't know right from wrong. You stole it from them by saying truth is subjective and there is no absolute truth. And here we are. Now, what am I getting at? You, Christian, are just as vulnerable as everybody else, as am I. Look at Romans chapter 7. You know, what, you know what the light does? It makes sin look ugly. Romans chapter 7. You know what Hollywood does and you know what movies do? You know what pop culture does? It, it kind of makes sin look like fun. And it makes sin look glamorous, you know. And, and, and let me just say this much. It's kind of interesting to me. You know, if you go to the, quote, unquote, the bad side of town, and, you know, you've got uh, women of the night. I'm trying to be careful with the kids and all that kind of stuff. And you got all that stuff, and you see the drugs being dealt. And then you go, well, uh, let, let's sophisticate it. Let's educate it. You know what you have? You have people that have billions of dollars who do the same exact thing, but they do it in a tuxedo instead. You haven't changed anything with your money. You haven't changed anything with your education. You know why? Because your heart hasn't changed. And Christian, you know what you need today? You need your heart to be different. Amen. And the only way your heart can be different is if you know what's right and wrong. And the only way for you know, is to submit to the truth that God gives you. Look at Romans 7. Look, if you would, at verse number uh, 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But watch this. This is what I want you to look at. Underline this. But sin that it might appear what? You know what God wants you to understand? Here's the light. Boom, there it is. Oh, man, that kind of exposes me. This is awkward. You know what's better to have a moment of awkwardness between you and God than a lifetime of sorrow? And say, okay, God, I don't like this. I don't like the light being shined on this. I don't like the feeling of it. But you know what? This is, this is good for me. And Lord, I, I, sin, now that I look at it the way you do, it's kind of ugly. You know why? Because sin is ugly. And the results of it are ugly. And so it's on us to embrace the truth. Look, if you would, at uh, Psalm 119. We'll, we'll finish with this. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We'll get to the topic of a little more detail on the spiritual birth uh, next Sunday. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Longest chapter in your Bible, and every verse in this chapter is about the Word of God. Psalm 119. And look, if you would, at 105. Quoted it earlier. Going to look at this as we close. And I, I want you to think about the real situations in your life. And you're going, what do I do with this? And how do I handle this? And where do I go from here? Um, if you're going to get light on it, it's going to come from the Word of God. The way that you talk to God is through prayer. The way God talks to you today is through this book right here. All right? Look, if you would, at Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Christian, let this, let this be your light. Don't trade this in for the false light that's out there. There's real light and then there's fake light. All right, let's all stand. We'll be dismissing a word of prayer from our Sunday school hour. Hope the Lord spoke to you. Hope you got something out of that. And uh, brother... uh, uh, Brother Sean, if you would dismiss us from Sunday school.